the fem fem feed the fem feed the fem feed the fem fem feed the fem feed oh hi i get your life Jones and her story. This is the part that gets a little bit touchy and serious. As animated and glorious as she is, um, it's still a real story and needs to be told. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, we're going to jump into the next question. Um, So talk us through the day you found out that you were diagnosed okay. with the big C. We got, we got juice up on this girl. We girl. got stories. It's been juice I'm after juice. Like, I'm like, hit across the head. homosexuals. Now she got cancer. And the child just got beat. I can't hear no more. No more. I, I think it's time to stop. Let's just cut this. <laughs> we shocked everybody already. Everyone's <laughs> bald. Everyone's bald, girl. <laughs> she was she was paralyzed. What's going on? Girl. Yeah, girl. Yeah, y'all. So then so then I got cancer. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You know what they're gonna see again. that your spirit is so resilient and positive and beautiful and so much full of life, you know? It's going to take literally a physical warehouse to keep you down at this rate. (laughs) You're going to have to be under the the warehouse for for your light not to be shining. That's what this is a true testament of, that we can sit here, chuckle and giggle off of the yes. hardships and not look at them as setbacks, but more so like growth stories and Amen, really right. fun experiences that have happened. You yes. have color in your life. This is all color <laughs> yeah, and texture. Color. Too much color. Too much color. Too much color. <laughs> Give me a little black. Uh, <laughs> a little black hey, and white. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> transition of self-love, changing Jalila, no dating, blah, 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 blah. Um, One day I'm sitting in my house and I'm feeling an enormous amount of breast pain. And I mean, like piercing needles running through both breasts, my right and left breast. And um, I called my mom 
And when it would attack me most was at this time, 10, 11, 10, 11. Every time I saw anything that said 10, 11, I would get the striking pain in my breast. What? The significance of that is that's my dad's birthday. Oh my and God. I just told you my dad had cancer. He's passed away. Oh, wow. So I do listen to universal messages. Mm. So I said, clearly he's trying to tell me something. Something's going on. And oh immediately before any doctors said anything to me, I said, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And my, my New Year's resolution last year was to take, to listen, to follow my intuition. Mm. I, ironic that it, this happened towards the end of the year of 2019, but my 2019 New Year's resolution was to follow my intuition. And the reason why I came across that was because every time something told me to leave Pedro, I never left. Mm. And every time, every time I knew something was wrong and several times throughout my life, I knew that I shouldn't have or wasn't supposed to, I didn't listen. And I was right. Mm. So this year and that year was about trusting my gut and trusting my intuition. So as soon as I saw the time and saw that it said 10, 11, as soon as my breasts were hurting me at those times and piercing me, I said, something isn't right. Something's mm. wrong. And I said, okay, well, maybe it's just fibroids. But then I said, but your dad wouldn't be messaging you exactly. this many times. And I mean, this was happening consecutively for maybe two weeks. What? 10, 11 pain, 10, 11 pain, 10, 11 pain. So um, I said, call my mom. I said, and then my, oh, yeah, this is the best bit. I call my mom and she's like, hey, Jay, what's up? I'm running around. Oh, God, it's 10, 11. So that means it was, uh, if it was 10, 11 at home plus nine hours, it was around 7 p.m. here. Mm -hmm. She's like, I just keep seeing 10, 11. Your dad's trying to tell me something. I think something's wrong with Will, my brother. Because she always worries about William. And I he's said, a boy. Yeah. The mamas love the boy. I didn't tell her yet that that was happening to me. But then when she said that to me on the phone, I said, okay, so something is going on. And I told her that I was experiencing this breast pain and I, I need it. I, I don't know what to do. She said, go to the doctor. I go to the doctor, the doctor checks my breast, and she's like, I'm so glad that it's um, hurting you because that's not cancer, that's just fibroids. Um, fibroids are painful. And I've already been, I already had fibroids I knew in my uterus. Oh. So having them in my breasts, I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But she said, let's just take a test anyway, let's do a sonogram just to make sure everything's okay so you can be, be all right. Uh, so you can get some relief mm -hmm. knowing that it's not cancer so i go to the uh, i go to see a sonographer and they do a test of my breasts and they're like yeah you have a bunch of fibroids then she kept going she went over to the left she's like there's more fibroids what's going on and she's like but now i do see a suspicious lump it's not oval shaped this one is squiggly it's not it's not a normal fibroid shape, an oval shape. She was like, why don't we do an MRI? But she said, how old are you? I said, 32. She's like, oh yeah, it's definitely not cancer, but I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a fibroid, but I just can't get to it because there's other fibroids in the way. Mm -hmm. Do an MRI. The MRI comes, oh, the MRI comes back saying that there's a 90% chance that that tumor is cancer. 
So fibroids are benign tumors, just mm-hmm. so everybody knows. Yes, educate but, the peeps. Um, a malignant tumor means that it presents itself as t- having cancer features and there's calcifications in the tumor as well. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that present to be cancer positive. Mm-hmm. So at this rate, after the test, it's showing that I have a 90% chance of that one tumor in my left breast being cancerous. So from there, they decide you need to do a biopsy. So I do a biopsy, a surgical biopsy. There's three different biopsies where you can do a needle aspiration Mm -hmm. where they just take a needle and take some fluid from a tumor. Then you could do a core biopsy where they take a a piece or a chunk of the tumor and pull it out. And then you could do a surgical biopsy, which is where they surgically remove a larger chunk of the mass. So for me, I did a surgical core biopsy, Mm. which is vacuum assisted, meaning that they take a small vacuum and suck a piece of the tumor out. The tumor was quite small and in a very odd location. So they had to do it that way. Mm. Um, So they took a piece out, tested it in the pathology lab or in the lab, and they were able to find out that this tumor was cancerous. Um, So I was officially diagnosed with cancer on December 17th um, of 2019. And from there, we proceeded to learn about the tumor. There's so many different types of breast cancer, like two million people have breast cancer worldwide and that number is growing. Nobody's case is the same. Mm. My specific case, it was initially lobular cancer. So lobular cancer affects women who are usually 60, 65 and up and ob- and only maybe eight or 9% of the people diagnosed with cancer. So a very small percentage of people get this type of lobular cancer. So initially when they did the test, they saw, said that it was lobular. The most common cancer is called ductal, ductal carcinoma, which is in your ducts mm. of your breast. And, um, Eventually, they realized that the type of cancer I have is ductal, which mm-hmm. is the common one, with lobular features. So it has it, it, it is apparent when you look at it that mm-hmm. it has lobular features, but it's actual ductal, okay. actually ductal. So it just appears um, to be the, the other kind, but it's not. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which is better that it's ductal because most doctors have experience treating ductal. Mm, Um, But lobular has a better chance of healing, but also has a better chance of returning. Yeah. So ductal, uh, as, as far as me having ductal breast cancer on top of that, the cancer is hormone positive, meaning that it's progesterone and estrogen positive. So if it was double negative, which most African-American women get, um, it would be harder to treat. But because mm-hmm. it, it double negative, meaning that there's no hormone receptors to the cancer, that there's no hormone relativeness to the cancer. So mm-hmm. they don't really know how to treat it. That is much harder to treat than um, positive or hormone, hormone positive cancer. So my cancer was... Uh, progesterone and estrogen positive Mm. and HER2 negative, which is another hormone receptor. If that was positive, that would be even more dangerous. Um, So 
therefore, with the HER2, sorry, with the estrogen and progesterone positive cancer, they they would decide to proceed and go to a lumpectomy. So a lumpectomy is where they remove the entire tumor from the breast. Mm -hmm. Because cancer cells are super, super small, you still have to do treatment after you do your uh, lumpectomy. Mm -hmm. So on January 19th, I think, that was the day of my surgery, and they they decided to remove <laughs> they decided to remove the lump or 30% of my breast. Mm-hmm. They decided to remove tissues and lymph nodes from underneath my arm. So how it goes in stages, the first place cancer spreads not is not to the right breast, is to underneath the armpit. Mm-hmm. So they have to test the armpit to make sure that the cancer didn't spread to your armpit. So they did a surgery where they remove lymph nodes from underneath my arm to mm-hmm. confirm that cancer didn't spread there. Then at the last minute, the Wednesday before my surgery, which was scheduled on Saturday, they, my gynecologist, who's also a surgeon, decided to perform a fibroid removal. Mm-hmm. So I wound up having three surgeries, five hours long on this one day. Wow. Yeah, and um, I had a uterine fibroid, which appeared to be in the son- in the sonic ultrasound, mm-hmm. five and a half centimeters, but was actually when they removed it, nine point two centimeters Girl. large. But thank God it was benign. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, after the surgery, um, I was in the hospital maybe four or five days. I lost all motor functions in my arm again. The same arm I No. <laughs> your your stories love a parallel. <laughs> yeah, the left side. I don't know what's going on there, girl. And that's the good leg. That's the that's yeah. our turning leg. You know it. <laughs> yeah, that's our extension leg. leg. That's everything. Mm-hmm. So I lost uh, functions in my left arm again. I wasn't able to raise my arm, and the surgery post-surgery is so painful like level 10 so you need a lot of drugs to get you through it a lot of drugs um i so they had me on morphine they had me on this 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 and that so by the time i was released from the hospital i was put right back into the hospital because i was having a reaction to all of the antibiotics and the painkillers that they gave me i was marked as dehydrated and my eyes changed color and they were going to readmit me back into the hospital I had an anxiety attack and told them I cannot go back into the hospital again. I was crying. I was posted up against the wall. It looked like I was like, you know how people not relapse from drugs, you know, when they're coming off of drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like freaking out and yeah, jittery. And then, that's, um, so. they're getting the chills. They're getting that withdrawal. Yeah. It's the withdrawal. Withdrawal. So it was almost, I was, that was happening to me. Plus I was just crying and I couldn't breathe hyperventilating because I was also afraid because this now everyone knows what coronavirus is. And I didn't want to be in the hospital because I didn't want to be around people who could possibly be sick. And then I get sick and I just have, and I have cancer and I'm at risk. So all of this was happening at one time. And I said, mom, I got to go home. I just need a break. I'll just take some electrolytes. I will hydrate. I will hydrate. I just can't be back into the So from there, um, they decided upon treatment. As for now, they want to do radiation, 
and they want to do chemotherapy, but they're waiting for one test called an Oncotype DX test, which will determine if my body really needs the chemotherapy. But for sure, I have to do um, radiation and hormone treatment. Hormone treatment will put me on menopause for five years. What? Yeah. And I will not be able to reproduce. I will not be able to have kids. Are you kidding me? Five to ten years now. And that's um, that's your prime. That's when you can have the children and carry. So what they want to do is when I, if there comes to a point, I meet my soulmate, I get married, and we want to have children. I can pause the hormone treatment and try to reproduce, and then I have to go right back on it and pick up pick up where I left off. Yeah. So right now I'm doing. I was initially supposed to do 25 rounds of radiation. And then that went down to 16. So my last day of radiation, I can't believe I'm here already. It's all, it almost seems like this whole year has been a blur. Right. My last day of radiation was Wednesday, but I have two more days now. They wanted to add on two more days of radiation to get around the tumor bed. Oh, wow. And radiation basically kind of burns your breasts. And so the outside of my breasts, I will show you, is is super red and the nipple and the areola is peeling is black oh wow and everything around where i had surgery is very sore you can barely lay on your stomach you can't do much oh my god yeah jaleela like but i'm good i know nobody could tell that you're you've gone through or (laughs) are going through all of this i'm telling you i'm fighting i'm getting through it girl oh my god yeah. So I think the moral of this particular story is definitely listen to signs and your body. Um, listen to your body. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this subject in other episodes in the podcast um, to be aware of either ancestral messages or pulls that you can hear to help guide you. Um, yes. I, I wrote... Um, Uh, a quote and I don't know it by heart but I wrote something in regards to navigating our our futures is based on our ancestral history something of that sort so it's important to be in touch with loved ones that may have passed um indigenous peoples that you may not have even met that are in your lineage that can help guide you through um where your destiny destiny is supposed to be um, and keep you safe. So um, I know Beyonce talks about that a lot with her grand, um, with her grandmother. That uh, because of her prayers, like she was a hard prayer, um, that's where she is. Where she is today. It didn't go necessarily to her mother, but it went and passed down to her. Um, yeah. So I I believe in that. Like I think that's that's definitely real. Um, your story, it's just so intense. I know for me personally, listeners, like I contacted, um, Jalila, um, with her story. And when you posted it, I was still in denial about my own story. I had this huge lump, um, uh, in my, uh, lower abdominal, um, not, it wasn't a lump. It was a mass just popping out. And I had gotten it checked out earlier last year and they said, um, it's a cyst and it needs to come out and I had to do surgery. I've never done surgery in my life. So it was just very scary for me. 
So when I saw your message, um, I was like, oh my God, you're so brave, you know, and the way you were delivering the story and how positive you were, I was like, I need this. Like you've been a godsend, just you presenting your story. Um, and it, it forced me to go to the hospital because I wasn't going to go. And, um, that was what was recommended because I had found a surgeon that was going to do it. Um, and he said, yeah. you know, I don't have insurance or whatever. So go to the hospital and the hospital will, you know, get you in track to getting insurance, you know, fast track or whatever. Um, and I just never went, but after hearing your story, something in me, like it was, it, it was just like pulsating, like you gotta go. So eventually I went, like, I think after you had announced, it might've been like a week or two, I think a week and a half I went and they were like, sure, it was, um, malignant tumors, you know, based on the ultrasound. And it was like a devastating moment for me. And, um, actually there was a little bit of malpractice in Hackensack. Um, the doctor came in, um, or told me and my mom to come in after, you know, doing all these tests. Um, and just was like, oh, you know, you have a history of cancer. Asked like, you know, a few questions. And she was like, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have cancer. Just like that. Just like that. And I mean, I've never been in this situation before. Never. What? I, I swear to you. Um, and I'm there with my mother. I'm shaking and I, I'm beating myself up mentally. I was like, I should have went a long time ago. I knew something was wrong with my body. And she was like, yeah, I mean, there's no way to really say this gracefully. But, you know, you have you have cancer. I'm sorry. And I was like, well, what do we do now? My mom's trying to talk. And I was like, mommy, stop talking. Just stop talking. Like, well, you know, are you sure? Is You know, she's like, yeah, you know, this is what um, the ultrasound tech had um, the, based on that test alone. Oh, oh, that test, it was ultrasound. And I did um, I did a CAT scan. Um, and that's what the results were coming out as. So they admitted me because the but tumor... But they never had any samples of the actual tumor? No, that, that's what I'm saying. Malpractice. Malpractice. Nothing was, uh, you know, extracted out of my body. It was all just the imagery. And she told me and my mom, plain as day, right there in the ER, um, I'm sorry to tell you you have cancer. Like... And I called my girlfriend, who's a uh, a nurse, shouts out to Shirley. She came, and I was just bawling. I mean, I, my life's over <laughs> at this point. You know, you hear the worst news of your life, and you don't really... And they're huge, so I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that, you know, it's something severe. You know, like I'm going to get my legs amputated or something. And um, so I'm bawling. I'm calling loved ones and, you know, really close friends just to get grounded you know my girlfriend who's a nurse she came right over and she said um well you know what are they saying I was like well I'm waiting for the specialist now because she was saying I have to wait for the specialist so the specialist hasn't even seen me the OBGYN specialist but this ER doctor has told me I have been I have cancer so and I don't get it at this point because I'm just not well versed so all I know is I have cancer just like the lifetime movies and it, that's how they say it so um I like 
the specialist comes, they examine it, and then my, my friend's pissed because the lady comes in, the doctor comes in, she's like, are you all right? Is everything okay? She was like, you know, why did you say that? Like, what were, you know, what do you, why are you saying that to her? The specialist came down and she hasn't, they haven't even examined her yet. And she was like, well, that's what the feedback was from, the um the testing that she did the imagery and she was like can I see it so she looked at it she was like mm-hmm. she was like yeah and you know what this means right you know what this means she was like yeah but I mean you don't tell a patient that there's a lot of things that go into um having this diagnosis but you don't sit there and tell a patient that they have cancer without going through multiple examinations and tests um she's like well I mean she's around my age and you know like I feel like I would want to know and that's why I told her she's like it's not about you miss it's not about you this is not what you do this is malpractice she's like I'm a nurse I've been a nurse for 11 years and we wouldn't even say something like this. So you might want to check um, your sensitivity and how you do things because this is not how it's supposed to be. She went in. And, I, you know, um, when the specialist came, he was like, yeah, it doesn't seem like it is. It, looked like, it looks like it might be, um, what was it? Oh, I feel like it was so long ago. Um, it looks like it may be endometriomas. Um but, you know, they won't know till they get um, the tumor markers uh, from blood work. And um, they also wanted to do an MRI and stuff to, to further see what was going on. And that makes sense. Like, you have to do all these tests. Even as you're telling your story, you're going through all these examinations, you know, to make sure. And first image... First um, analytical image, I have cancer. This doctor is just assuming that, you know, like, so that was a horror story of my life, you know, like the whole time, the whole experience leading up to um, even, in fact, the surgery or the week before the surgery, I assumed that I had cancer because of what the ER doctor said, even though other doctors were assuring me, like, you know, ER doctors are not really um, suited for this type of things. They're great for trauma. They're great for strokes and stuff like that. But these type of specialistic things, they're really not suited for it. So I wouldn't put too much weight into that. But it was a nightmare. So it's recording over my head over and over again. So, yeah, with that story, I say all that to say, like, you have been just choosing to document your your journey. I don't know why you chose to do that, but I know for me in particular, you have changed and helped save my life. You know, these tumors. No, and it's real. It's real. Like, I don't know what the particular calling was that made you do that because it is a private matter. Even me, I haven't really told everybody in detail and there's certain people that I reveal things to but for you to do it it just shows so much bravery and you've I'm sure you've helped other people too um but me in particular like I was gonna have kidney failure if I didn't address it um and I'm way too young to be having any kidney issues like these things were crushing my kidneys I I was literally running to the bathroom all the time like with urine coming down 
that's that's how much I just was ignoring and just assuming like, oh, you know, I guess I'm getting older. My bladder can't hold things. No, my bladder was being crushed by these endometriomas. Um, and it even wow. fused with my intestines. So, so when he actually went in, it was like very impacted. It was all over the place. Um, he said he does a lot of surgeries and this was a very difficult one for him. So... I thank you. I honor you for your journey and, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I'm sure just you documenting what you're doing is helping other people. I look forward to those posts. When you took that um, internet break, I was like, girl, like, where is she? Can she just show like a quick picture of her meditating at least? So I know everything's okay. Like something, you know, like I was like, I need something, you know, (laughs) I needed to hear, I needed to hear from you. So, um, it's definitely, you've definitely done a service, um, by doing what you've done. Um, I actually was doing it. Um, you said, why, why did I decide yes. to share it mm-hmm. publicly? Um, remember I was telling you when my dad died, mm-hmm. I decided to be like, no, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And then when I got that injury and I was depressed in my room and I actually, for the first time in my life, experienced depression by closing myself off and not talking to anybody mm. and pretty much eating my feelings. When I first, first, first thought that there was a possibility that I could have cancer, it wasn't the official diagnosis. I was laying in my bed and I felt this feeling of not wanting to get out of the bed. And I said, uh oh, the depression's coming in. Oh. You can't, you cannot do this. You can't, you can't sink back to the sunken place. Girl. You gotta get, you gotta get out. Right? Right. So. So I said, I said to myself, I would never, ever go back to being depressed mm-hmm. again. As, as much as I can control something, it's my spirit and it's my heart and it's my mind. Yeah. Everything else with this physical body, which is not permanent to begin with, mm-hmm. it, it, anything can happen to it. But what I do have control of is how I, how I react, how I how I behave, how my spirit thrives and how I overcome and become triumphant from this. Mm -hmm. So I said, you're not going to let another thing get to you. Like it's not going to pull you down. You've, you've been through so much already in your life. You've had several different unique experiences. So this is no different from that. Mm -hmm. And maybe all of those things maybe brought you here to teach you, don't let this break you. Preach. And, and actually, and actually, change your mindset and be positive and change the way you are. The, no, change the way you would normally react to this. Mm. Don't sit in the bed. Get up. Be happy. You still have your life. You wake up every day. You're loved. And you've really gone through this whole transition this year to change Jalila and self-love Jalila. So why should that stop? Yeah. So I said, instead of keeping this information private, like I have done with traumatic situations in my life previously, mm-hmm. why not share this? So when I shared it initially, even though I gave advice as to guys, don't sit and wait on your doctor's appointments, mm-hmm. go. And the thing about doctor's appointments, when it's something internal for, for humans, 
it's out of sight, out of mind. So we don't think we need to take care of it. We take care of things that need stitches. Right. We take care of external, superficial things. Ironically, we need to start with ourselves internally in every single type of way, not mm-hmm. just physically, mentally, spiritually. Take care of that first. Each. Take care of that. Not not first. Take care of that always. Mm-hmm. Primarily. So, so, so when I was saying it out loud in my in my little video spiel on Instagram announcing that I had cancer, it was me confessing mm. before I let the secret eat me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So I, I, I said, I said I have to say it out loud because now it's not something I'm hiding or it's not something that I'm trying to cover up. It's there. It's present. It's a part of who I am. And I'm still going to be okay. And I'm still mm-hmm. going to get through this. And maybe tell people, your, like your experience, you decide to immediately go to the doctor. Imagine if you sat on this. Imagine right now if my breasts were hurting. I was like, guys, my breast is hurting. I would not know I had cancer this whole time. Mm-hmm. Go to the doctor. And you most likely don't have anything yeah. wrong. You're probably okay. Mm-hmm. Most likes you are okay. But it, I bet it feels better to know you're okay than wondering. Absolutely. Absolutely. And ignoring yourself. Mm-hmm. On top of that, listen to yourself mm-hmm. when she or he is talking to you. Come through. Come through. Ooh. So, yeah, so I, I did I saw my expectation of helping others there was no expectation. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was going to come with that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was going to be impacting so many women. And, and apart from our conversations, Mm -hmm. I'm impacting women in the middle East who don't necessarily have a voice. Mm -hmm. You have to go with their husbands to the hospital who who meet male doctors who don't really have a place where they can share their experiences. So for them to send me DMs and direct messages talking about their personal experiences with breast cancer and asking me questions about the surgery, it becomes a place where this is bigger than me. Mm. Wow. I I really am. I'm helping people. Me. Like, that was not something that I could grasp when I first initially confessed Mm -hmm. and and told people hey this is what I'm going through but the impact that it did leave and the fact that I was able to inspire and help one person Mm -hmm. um, has healed me in a way that I can't put into words Mm -hmm. to be honest with you Mm -hmm. I I really can't and and I'm so grateful for that Mm -hmm. and and that allows me to walk in the steps of gratitude every day mm, come through it's yeah. it's powerful and I mean I I've also been inspired of like opening up and telling my story because I feel like a lot of um women and young girls in particular they're constantly told um you know your periods are supposed to be painful the blood is supposed to be a lot and those are just signs they're just telltale signs of something's not right um educate yourself and also get in tune with seeing the doctor and also come with facts and information too because everybody's human we're just human um they're practicing they're practicing on us so it doesn't mean that they're experts um but yeah so talk to us about how I know you're doing radiation, not uh, radiation therapy right now. 
how has the current situation of this pandemic affected your radiation treatment? Well, um, me thinking like, oh, my body's strong, I'm fine, I can handle it. I thought this whole time I could do radiation and go to work every single day and teach five, 15 classes a oh, week. Oh, you're bugging. I'd be fine. You're bugging. <laughs> bugging. I just thought, I just thought I was going to be fine. So let me tell you, radiation slapped me in my face and said, girl, Ugh. what are you doing? <laughs> so luckily, coronavirus, uh, work has been canceled mm. everything has been closed so i literally go <laughs> on a road with one one or two people on the road to gulf cancer center which is just a hospital for cancer patients and i get radiation every single day and i have a driving pass to go there and you have to go through blockades where they like check to make sure that you have your pass and your permit to drive an hour away to the cancer center. Mm -hmm. And then I go there. We have to wear our COVID masks and we have to Girl. wear. Hold the on COVID now. is real. Oh, I'm just keeping my mask now. Sorry. <laughs> Get that thing. Get that thing. I was not ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> you said, not on my watch. Blood. No cancer blood for you, but <laughs> I don't want to get sick. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> so I go to yeah, get radiation every day. And they basically have you lie down on an MRI bed. And you put your arms over your head. Mm. And then they have this radiation kind of CAT scan go over just your breasts. Oh. And the first time, the first couple times you do it, you don't really feel like it's getting to you. All you feel, oh, no, I'm lying. The very first day I did it, I got back and I passed out. Girl. Because I, it, it literally, here's how it feels. You go to a beach at 9 a.m. and you don't leave the beach till 6. And you let all the sun touch your body for that amount of time to the point where you feel actually ex just exhaustion, oh. heat exhaustion. You oh. know what heat exhaustion feels like? That's what it feels like. You're yeah. very thirsty. Your body's pulling you down like, like there's something pressing your body into a bed. Oh and, you, and you're and you like gasping for air. It's like it's oh hard no. to breathe. It's hard to do anything. Like this and you, and you fall asleep. What? That's what that's what radiation feels like to me. Um, and everyone feels this type of tiredness, or it doesn't matter how active you are, how not active, how unactive you are, inactive you are. You are just tired. It, it weighs your body down. So the first day, it felt like that. The second, third, fourth day, much better. Then I had a two day break. I was very tired. So I get the weekends off of weight radiation. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So then I go back and start the whole thing again. So now I'm at week two, and I can see my breasts getting darker and darker and mm. darker. And then during week two, when I lay down on my chest, I can't again. It's like I had surgery. Because just keep in mind, I just had surgery in the end of January. Yeah. So I'm still sore from that and the radiation on top of that is super, super hard on my body. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the first couple weeks my mom was like working out in the living room. I was like, I can't do, I literally cannot do anything. 
So I really had a misconception of how I thought radiation was going to go. And I have to tell you, it's, it's a lot more challenging than I thought it was going to be. And I can't wait for it to be over. And I can't wait for my breasts to kind of heal. So I have one very dark, 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 dark breast. And the other one has no radiation or sunburn or peeling the areola and the breast is fine. The other one has now is now tan and there's like, if you can see, there's like little bumps all on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then oh my the, God. the areola area is now black. This is burned. Oh, my God. And that's yeah. going to peel off? Yeah, it, it will peel off completely. Oh. And then this part is my surgery scar. Oh, wow. Oh, so they pulled it. So that's why the nipple is further. Wow, Jalila. Whoa. Yeah. So compared to this one, which is, you see how much lighter it is, mm-hmm. obviously it's not tanned up. Well, because when you suntan or you yeah. out of the sun, it doesn't really get your breast. So this yeah. is what my regular breast really looks like compared to now oh, this wow. side, which is completely gone very dark oh, wow. from the radiation. So I have two more sessions left and then I aloe every night. I cocoa Good. butter. I take it back to my ancestry yes. on the breast. <laughs> Ancestors on my breast. Yeah. Damn, rub avocado, egg, you banana have up on to the joint. Put a little sage there, <laughs> Don't everything. Shade. I sage, I sage around the breast. Right, girl, sagey wagey. <laughs> definitely a warrior um i'm telling you it it, the amount of emotional and physical and mental pain you've been through just in your life like i'm telling you people don't make it they don't make it they don't survive and the fact that you're like living proof that it can be done with a pleasant disposition and a forgiving heart like you are destined for big things and well, speaking of your your whole commentary on ancestry, we we have been taught a lot of things and a lot of things have been passed down to us. But one of the things that is always passed is our survival. Mm. We fight. Preach. We survive always. Absolutely. And no matter what, by any means necessary, we thrive. Mm-hmm. We do. We do. So. It, 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 it would, we it would not bestow me to fail. Come through. Come through. Absolutely. It's better that I fight and, and give this my best mm-hmm. and give this my all. Absolutely. And, you know, just fight till mm-hmm. the end, till I have nothing left. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if, if my ancestors didn't do that, there would, I wouldn't even be here. Come through. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's ingrained in us. It's it's within our our physical fibers, um, genetically. We just have to keep yeah. moving um, and tell everything else that tells us we can't that there it's a lie. You're a liar. I am strong. I can do it. Of course you can. Um, and now revealing the scars. Um, how has the emotional, um, and we can both speak about this, the emotional impact mentally, how has the physical scars dealt 
or how has it been dealing with the physical scars emotionally? Um, you know, we're women, obviously aesthetics is important to us. Um, being beautiful is important to us, you know, being flawless, all of these things. Um, and especially, especially media seeing things, how they're supposed to be like, how has dealing with the struggles and the dynamics of, yes, I had to do this to save my life, but it's also not pretty. It's not, I, it's not, um, something that you want. It's not like a tattoo. It's, it's something you had to do. And it's always one going to remind you of the trauma of what happened, um, and the story behind the trauma. And two, it's always going to be um, a discussion for whomever we deal with intimately that, that get to see us in that way. And will we still be sexy? Will we still be desired? Will we still be um, chosen? I mean, I, I feel like this question is the most sensitive for me because it's something that I'm struggling with like and have been struggling with since my diagnosis. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't even know where to start with this answer. I could start with me just constantly trying to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. This morning I was crying um, because I kept saying, I feel so ugly. Oh, and I oh feel so unwanted and I feel, I just was having, and, and I don't always have bad days, but mm -hmm. I don't consistently have good days. Yeah, yeah. That's just the truth. Mm -hmm. Some days are very hard mm -hmm. and some days are, you know, like, wow, I'm getting through this. Thank you, God. Right. But this morning, today, I woke up with the intention to meditate, mm -hmm. with the intention to work out and do a yoga class and maybe write a little bit. Mm -hmm. But somehow I I got had a work email. I started going through my Instagram and I realized that the guy that I'm seeing now didn't even notice my last photo on Instagram or didn't Aww. even notice <laughs> did that you I see me? video. Yeah. He didn't notice something I did. Mm -hmm. And and we have a lot of friends in common, so I saw that he liked a lot of my other friends' pictures oh, and pages. Wow. You went down the rabbit because, hole, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, then, so then that leads me to like, so he's like, we have a bunch of guy and girlfriends because he was really into fitness. So I know a lot of the fitness trainers out here. Oh, so he God. saw their posts, but he missed mine. <sighs> and so I just felt like, well, how can I compete with these people with these six packs and these perfect breasts and this perfect hair and this perfect, perfect. And look at you. You just took your braid extensions out. You're not wearing makeup and you have this big scar on your face. Why, why do you think he would even want you? Look at yourself, Jalila. And, um, I just started to feel so unattractive, so unattractive in my own thoughts, these are not, mm -hmm. they're not no reality. <laughs> like this is not, these are like irrational thoughts. Mm -hmm. So much so that I just said, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. Oh my God. I'm not going to talk to him anymore. Self-sabotage. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to him anymore. I don't deserve to be with anybody. I'm too unattractive. No one's ever going to want you. And if they find out that you might have complications having a baby and you're in your 30s, 
what man's going to want to be with you. That's what you're good for. And look at you. What's going to happen when you get naked? Look at the scar on your belly. And, and, and I tell you guys, I don't know if any other women or men go through this. One little thought, one thread leads to the yarn. Girl. Leads to the clit. Ooh. Yes, it does. And <laughs> I, I went into the bedroom. I said, Mom, I'm really stressed out. And when I said it, my chest, I, you know, the tears feeling uh-huh. you get in your chest mm-hmm. started to come out. And then I was like, I'm confined. Then the thoughts, I'm confined in my house. I can't even go out and run. I didn't work out this morning. You didn't pray. That's why you feel like this. You didn't meditate. That's why you feel like this. Mm-hmm. But then I started crying. I was like, Mom, I don't know what's going on. She said, what happened with, um, let's call him John. Mm-hmm. She said, what happened with John? Did something happen? I said, no. Nothing happened. She's like, okay, well, what's going on? Like, and I was like, I just feel so ugly. And my brother is, and I was thinking about my brother. His his birthday recently passed. He's six two. He's getting work acting. He's Aww. very attractive. And I'm You're like, oh, he's, he's the attractive one, and I'm just oh looking like this. I, I mean, I just was in it this morning, and ironically, everything that I was feeling this morning. I was feeling increments of it over time. Mm. Mm. And, and what I said to myself is what happened to your self love book? What happened to the chapter of self love that you have been working on this entire year? How did you get, how did you regress? And it's okay to have these moments because I'm not, this is me talking to myself, Mm -hmm. the good, the angel, let's say we have our angel and our devil, the angel angel saying it's it's okay to have this moment and Mm -hmm. it's okay to be in this space. But it, it can't be a permanent space and you didn't work so hard to love yourself this much mm-hmm. to get back here. Because remember, that's when Pedro comes and beats your ass. That's when you meet that's when you meet married a married man and, and, and that's when you don't know when people are lying to you because you start deceiving yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to your truth. Let's get back to who you really are. And let's get back to all the reasons why you do love yourself, not the things you hate about yourself. Absolutely. And if we're really speaking, Frank Julia, you're the person that talks about internal love and all these mm-hmm. things on the inside. Why are we talking about scars that are on your that are on your skin? Because when you die, when you pass on, this skin is going to stay here. But your spirit and everything about you, everything you love about you is going to carry on. Mm, So why don't we go back to working on that? And why don't we go go back to all the things we love about ourselves? Because you don't need anything around you, including yourself now breaking you down physically. You don't need it anymore. So... I kind of had to pull myself out and I'm not, and I'm not going to say that I'm at a hundred percent because I go back and forth in phases. Right. Of, waves. I hate myself. Waves. I love myself. I'm ugly. I'm this, I'm that. I'm beautiful. I go back and forth, yeah. but I do go back to my gratitude, the things I'm grateful for and remember how far I've come and everything I've learned that got me to here. And usually that kind of pulls me back to the top. Mm-hmm. Like one day, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, I did an Instagram post where I pulled my t- my t shirt off and showed my scar, mm-hmm. and I wore it proud. 
I wore it proud. I was like, and I said to myself, who gives a shit about what people think about that scar, how ugly it is? It's yours. Mm -hmm. You went through that journey. They cut you. Come through. And they took that humor out. So it's that scar reminds you of what you've gone through and how strong you are. Let's get back. And now me saying this out loud is very helpful for me because it's like, Let's get back to that. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to that person. Yeah, It's okay to have these bad moments, mm-hmm. but they don't need to overcompensate your good moments Absolutely. and your good times and your positivity. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that's powerful. And it, again, the irony of you feeling the, the waves of the down and the fears this actual day, this morning at the top of your day and coming at night over there um it's coming full circle understanding why that wave happened and getting grounded and putting the intention in the purpose of the journey and just realizing and recognizing that and getting back to that that path so that's important um, for myself, like I definitely have those moments too. Like I didn't even want to see the scar. I didn't want to see the incision after he took the bandage off after my post, um, op, um, he was like, Oh, it looks really good. You want to see it? I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to see it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen to me. It's not my body. <laughs> you know, like I was like, no, he was like, I think you should really see it because it, it looks good. And I, I know he's looking at it from a surgical point of view and how he's stitching it up, but I'm looking at it as, um, uh, the Frankenstein and this, this cut line, whatever incision that was not there naturally through birth that is here now. Um, I've always been um, proud of my body or or just okay with it. You know, when you have something and have had it for so long and for all your life, you don't realize the importance of it or the beauty of it or that it's unique or whatever. You're just like, okay, yeah, I just have this. I don't know why I have it. You know, people can say that about dance. Yeah, like I naturally dance well. I just get it. I don't know why. And some people are fighting to to just get where you are and you took no training in your life. But like, that's that's how I, I felt about it. And you know, um, I would send people pictures of it. Like I have this, um, I'm, I have one of my past students, her, um, father is a plastic surgeon. So I would like send him pictures and I'm like, how does it look? But I wouldn't look at it. I'm like, you know, get my brother to take a picture of it and then send it. Cause I just wasn't emotionally ready to accept it. Um, and then eventually I was, and it started getting ugly. Like, um, I'll show you like, I I was I was assuming I wasn't a candidate for um for keloidism, but apparently yes. I am. So like it's like really bubbly and you know, I've been since um the seventh day I've been putting, you know, these silicone patches on it and and stuff and I'm gonna start like this oil remedy that I saw online, but it hasn't necessarily gotten better. It's just kind of been big and bubbly. Um, 
and I'm like, I can't wear two-piece anymore, you know, I, or sometimes I'll be on Instagram, and I look at people, and I'm just like, oh, I, I can't wear that anymore, you know, like, that's revealing, you know, I can't do that, um, I don't have that, that aesthetic any longer, and, you know, I'm just as like, if us as women, we need another thing, another right, style. Right, <laughs> we already we beat ourselves up. Yeah, like, we already do all of the damage internally. Like, I don't, uh, I don't need this, you know, but it's like, I'm thinking about the future, like, future trips, um, future mates, you know, because I'm no longer with my husband, my ex-husband, but like, you know, the one I'm actually supposed to be with. And I'm thinking about, you know, the getting pregnant. How will that extend the scar? All these things. You're just like, you're going to be like Frankenstein after. Like, you're going to just be a big mutilation. And for me, I haven't gotten to that place. Um, um, kind of like how I de- dealt with the illness or discomfort or dis-ease in my body. Like, I've just forgotten about it so I don't really think about it sometimes I get out the shower and there's mirrors around and then I, I take a look and I'm like who's that oh that's me oh, yeah. like you know it's like crazy because that's not how we remember ourselves with yes of course so it's just like oh god that's me I'm like oh, and then then the grief comes and the fear and 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 the downness oh oh I can't do this anymore well oh there, there goes that I can't wear that I haven't really found a balance for it other than just not thinking about it. Um, I I think eventually I'll get there um, in terms of like listeners that have gone through this. Like, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is right now. I'm just trying to deal with the day by day. (laughs) Can I, can I, I have my offer a suggestion. Yes. Um, all the things that you're thinking that you can't wear, I would try wearing it mm. in front of people that you trust first. Ooh. And see like how that. they react because they're not going to react or see you as different because we see you as Allison and mm-hmm. we love you regardless. Because mm-hmm. whenever I wear my scar, even though it's like, oh, it looked painful, it's no one's like, oh, it's really that bad. Right. No one's looking at me like, Julia, oh my God, you're a different deformed yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm still myself. Mm -hmm. So maybe try, and maybe this is something I can work on too, wearing it, Mm -hmm. wear your scar. Don't say, I can't wear a bikini. I can't do this. I mean, your stomach, by the way, guys, she just showed it to me. Your stomach is flat. There's this damn sick back. <laughs> no, in. it's not. Wear it uh, I don't know what she's it's, talking about. It's so As big. I, I There's a bubbly. You know, the, first thing I, the first thing I saw when you took off your, your t- pulled up your shirt, I was like, wow, her abs look amazing. Girl, there's I no abs. It's at, all lies. <laughs> no, I was saying your st- I was literally saying her stomach looks great. Um, and it's smooth and it's just toned it's beautiful um so as far as that scar because you know there's a bunch of trillions of women who have had c-sections and i'm about to be one of those women as well Mm -hmm. because for for me with my fibroid being in the in the place it was i cannot ever have a natural birth Mm -hmm. but just so y'all know out there i'm perfect 
perfectly fine with that. I'm so ready for this connection. <laughs> Cut me anyway, open. <laughs> Cut me up, honey. But I was going to say that there's several people who have, to, who have C-section scars, right? Mm-hmm. And they still go out in bikinis. So as, as soon as you start to get comfortable with it, and, yeah. and you may never get comfortable with it, which is why I'm saying do it in front of people you trust mm-hmm. and see how, see how comfortable they are with it. Right. It will help you to be like, it's not even there. There's nothing there. I'm fine. I can wear my bikini. I can live my life. Right. And and nothing, nothing should ever stop you externally. Nothing on your skin, nothing mm-hmm. on your epidermis. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know what that is, it's skin. It's skin. The outer layer. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest organ in um, the body. Nothing. <laughs> your epidermis should mm-hmm. ever stop you from doing things you want to do. Right. If you were always wearing your bikini, if it's something that you've always done, it doesn't change because mm-hmm. trust and believe me, I will be wearing a bikini. <laughs> I will be doing whatever the hell I need to do Come to feel happy and to feel confident. Mm-hmm. And because it was what I was already doing, why would breast cancer change right. me? I'm about to change breast cancer. Come through. Do you mean you so why would that fibroid change you is mm. and and the best part about it is your sister's gone mm-hmm. it's out now you get to live come out the closet girl in your bikini i'm coming now exactly <laughs> me and my ex boo you know him the one that was struggling and was fluid we're coming out the closet together <laughs> We're coming out together. You sure are, y'all. Celebration. Poor boo. Poor boo. (laughs) (laughs) So we're. I mean, this is this is definitely gonna be three parts. Might even be four parts because this is the (laughs) the longest. But I one hundred percent think that start in front of the people that you trust, Mm -hmm. and then keep going from there. I like but that. But be brave. Idea. Be brave I know, and do it. I know. Don't don't not do it because then that's giving something that you already had that's no longer there too much power. Come through. Come through. You right. You right. I'm going to do that. That's going to be my journey and I'm going to document it. I'm going to Yes. I'm going to be like, "Guys, I'm here." That, that's powerful. Um so we any advice about mental health we kind of got in, into that but if you do have any advice about mental health during quarantine i know um you're a health professional of the physical but i feel like um that goes that's one in the same cuz when you're in those um gyms and those rooms and those classrooms and and giving your students what you they need it becomes kind of um a mental practice as well and we give a lot of advice on yes. how to be holistic inward as well as outward so yep. what would My, you I definitely have great I definitely have some advice mm-hmm. whether you want to take it or not um <laughs> it's up to you my friends listening in <laughs> create a routine as if you were working as if you were doing what you would normally do outside Mm. create that same routine inside like I said I make a to-do list where I do my to-do list from about nine to six Mm. and within that routine give yourself days off whatever days you want to give yourself off if that's the weekend Saturday Sunday Mm -hmm. give yourself those two days off 
But when you're doing that to-do list, that to-do list is now you working for yourself, mm. not working for someone else. So when you are working from nine to six, make sure that that work is just making you and elevating you as a person. Mm. So like I said, on my to-do list is my vision board, my goals, and not just writing it down, looking into how I'm going to get there. Mm. How am I going to get there? Working into how I'm going to get there. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's not just me seeing what I want. It's how and putting it to practice. Mm. I want to get my Pilates certification and my yoga certification. Guess what? They have an online school for that. Wow. So now it's just, it's just handling my to-do list. I've always wanted to be able to fluently speak Spanish, like not respond to people in English, talk back in Spanish. Mm. So right now I'm doing my Rosetta Stone every day. I've always wanted to try to focus on practicing my meditation. And to be honest with you, I'm still inconsistent with it. But now it's a part of Same. my week. It's part mm-hmm. of my life. And it will only become habitual. Yeah. Yeah. I have writing. I have so many. If I look at my to-do list, uh, I could share some of it with you yes. really quickly. If yes, you please to, if you do. Please do. <laughs> okay. I'm going to just load it really quick. Mm-hmm. To-do oh do list. It's in my notes, by the way. I'm so excited. Yeah, mine, mine's is in my notes, my too. It's called my quarantine daily checklist. Mm-hmm. So, then I ha- so I have things that are part of my daily routine. It says, fill out Breast Cancer Foundation form, become a part of a breast cancer group, mm-hmm. and speak to other women who've gone through the same experience. Mm-hmm. Two, it, oh, number two is file U.S. taxes. <laughs> ah! <laughs> we all need to do that, girl. Yes. Number three is take your daily vitamins, Mm. uh, vitamin C every day, vitamin D every day, apply your scar cream daily and do take your bite it biotin. And then it says one hour of meditation, 90 minute yoga class daily, take 30 minutes to stretch and work on your flexibility. How often as dancers are we saying, Oh, I wish I could be more flexible. Now you have time. Stretch, mm-hmm. stretch, do your stretches. Um, Fifteen minute abs workout daily, mm. uh, and I and I just say that means doing two hundred sit ups or two two hundred reps of core exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great for all these people who are doing the push up challenge. But look, I'm not trying to necessarily tone my arms. I'm really trying to work on my core. So mm-hmm. that's for me. Full body workout try to go outside of your apartment. I live in an apartment. I live on the 24th floor and it says for me to climb 24 flights of steps two times a week. Oh, wow. And then I say, um, study Spanish for 10 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. And I do that three to four times, three to four times a week. And it says one game of Sudoku. So the reason why I have Sudoku on there, it helps you with your memory. It helps you memorize things quickly, um, scientifically. And it also um, prevents Alzheimer's and dementia. Oh, wow. Sudoku. How do you spell that? One game of Sudoku every day. How do you spell that? Yeah. And then do 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 your studies on the Elevate app watch Gaia. So instead of watching Netflix, you can turn to Gaia. Gaia is a spiritual Netflix as meditation, psychedelic studies. Um, is it an app? It's an app and it's also like a Netflix. Like you can just download it 
and it's spelled G-A-I-A. A-I-L-A, okay. Yeah. Gaia, um, Gaia so is like it has love, meditations. Right? No, it talks Gaia. about quantum physics. It talks about um, the, pow- the law of attraction. Oh, Instead wow. of watching Netflix and freaking Tiger King, why don't you go on Gaia? You know, exactly. It's true. Why don't you elevate yourself mentally and spiritually? And it's entertaining. It's not that it's like, it's really, really good content. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are just a few of the things that I have on there. And then I also have like little things in the material world that I haven't got to as far as like creating little photo albums mm. or, or putting together a scrapbook or putting together a musical playlists. I have 14,000 mm. songs in my library and I've always wanted to make playlists and put right. them together. Same. Why not do that? That's a good I also put in like down. 30 minutes of choreography. So, so every day find one of my favorite songs and my favorite songs playlist and come up with choreography for no one else but yourself I love that those are really good Um, and it occupies your day it does it really does you probably won't even get to finish but now you can never go around saying there's nothing to do I'm so bored there's a Mm -hmm. thousand trillion billion things to do yeah I was in a depressed stupor Um, I want to say because also like I was out of work I actually couldn't work for six months so I'm um, six weeks out post-surgery. So I've already been in quarantine and then quarantine happened. And then I'm just like, oh, get me out of here. I've been in here. So I've, um, I was on that binge of Netflix and just like an invalid laying in bed, um, not taking care of myself because the depression was coming. And then I want to say three weeks ago, I decided to change my life by changing my routine. There's this powerful book, it's called um, The Miracle Mornings. And it basically tells you or talks about completing all of your things you have to do for self within um, a certain time frame. So you wake up super early, five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, and get everything done before 8 a.m. So your day is filled with the productivity of what you need to do. So like you get up, you hydrate, you meditate, um, you journal, you read something, all of these kind of checklists of things you have to do early in the morning. And then your day is set after you've grounded yourself. So primarily you are focusing on you in that early hour. So I've been doing a modified version of that. Um, and it's really been good. And what's been helping me this time around, cause I tried it a few years ago and I epically failed this time around. Um, and I would say for people that are not with children that don't have kids, like a single people, what has worked for me is watching people that I know my, you know, students, um, friends of mine that have kids and people, parents that I just see. When they have kids, they're very regimented for the most part. Like, the kid eats at this time. Um, The kid has to be in the shower at this time, has to bathe at this time, has to do their work at this time. And it fills up those moms' days, single moms or working moms' days with caring for this being. Uh With intense nurturing and care. 
And I, I proposed the question to myself, what if I was the child? Because mentally, you know, if any of you have done any um, um, inward work and, and seen a therapist, um, especially if you have emotional scars from childhood, which most of us pretty much all do, um, there's a little girl inside of you or a little boy. And that is the person within that gets you into a lot of trouble because that person needs mothering that person needs to be coddled that person needs to be understood and heard all the things that you didn't get when you were younger it's still in you you're just in this adult body yeah um so emotionally you have to mother yourself and i remember hearing that in therapy and not really understanding how to do that so now i'm digging digging deeper into it. And I, I pose the question, what if I do that for self? What if I am the child that I'm caring for? You know what I mean? So like, get baby out the bed. Baby has to stretch now. We're stretching in our bed. Okay, baby. Okay. It's meditation time. I have my alarm set now. I eat at two o'clock every day. I take my iron pill right after that. It rings. It lets me know. I elevate my legs um, because, you know, you you need to bring uh, blood flow to your womb to keep a healthy womb. So you elevate your legs for 20 minutes or, or more, 20 to 30 minutes. So I do that daily to make sure that blood flow is coming into the womb and keeping it healthy. Um, I'm doing uh, classes, virtual classes, which I'm going to share with you. Um, I have a partnership with CLI Studios. So I have access to um, having my teachers and my dancers have free classes. So I'm just going to send you the link and you can take as many classes as you want um you just put your email and all that stuff in and it's all genres hip-hop ballet jazz modern everything you know um so and even some fitness stuff on there too but yeah I've done that and that's been groundbreaking groundbreaking of course of course Treating self like like baby it's it's great like child oh, well that's amazing i i now i'm going to try and think like that yeah. and try to apply that concept to myself yeah that's really really good i'm yeah. gonna write that one down yeah even as something as simple because sometimes i'm on the go so much my life is a mess my car is a mess my room is a mess everything's a mess and being a Virgo, I like things a particular way, but I feel like I never have time to get it there because it yeah. needs to be so meticulous. So now I have this this um, script in my head. When I see something, everything has a place. The cup doesn't belong there. And I can't rest. I can't move on to the next thing until I move that to its place. <laughs> that has helped me. I'm telling you, groundbreaking. I'm excited about it. But um, <laughs> so we're getting to our closing questions. So I asked all my guests um, these questions. And the first question is, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? Be okay with saying no more. Mm. Um, there's a lot of things that I felt pressured to do. There's a lot of things that I just did probably to, that were just superficial Mm. Mm. to look good on the outside or Mm. to gain popularity. And on the contrary, there are other places that I was super, super strong and super stubborn. And I need to, I should have known to apply that in all aspects Mm. of my life. 
Preach. and to say, be okay with saying no more. Preach. That was beautiful. Yeah. What is your favorite color? <laughs> I, I don't, by the way, with the favorites, I never have one because mm. I, I, I just don't. But my favorite colors are indigo mm. and gold. Come through, Indigo Girls. I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you become the woman you've always wanted to be? I think that as long as I'm here on Earth, I'm going to constantly continue to grow into who I want to be and who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like one part of me is a woman with purpose, and I am proud that I do live with purpose. Come through. Yes. And our final question, what advice would you give other women? Uh, Don't date men. (laughs) (laughs) So only date the cootie cat? Only the cootie cat. I mean, on what subject? (laughs) Just like like a rule of thumb, like, like rule of thumb. Allison, that is such a broad question. What advice would I give women? What if, like, you you were on your deathbed and, like, you could only give this one piece of advice? You have lived into 114. You have all this wisdom under your belt. And there's only one thing you can say before you go to glory. Um, What would that one thing be? Okay. I would say, I would say if you practice anything every day practice your prayer and believe fully in what you're praying for mm. have faith be truthful and honest follow your gut and your intuition before anything else oh, I love that that is a perfect. <laughs> I really say that. That's real. I, I feel that. You felt yes. it. You feel the chills. <laughs> yes, I, I need to listen to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that's your 114th <laughs> self. So <laughs> I'm about to detect. You know what, ladies? Sierra prayer every night. If I'm on my deathbed, you better do that Sierra prayer. Ah! Nothing else. Do the Sierra prayer. Ah! You better get you. What's his name? Russell. What's her husband's name? Um. Um. Uh, Russell, I think it is Russell. Yeah, girl. My advice, ladies, you better do the Sierra prayer. What is the Sierra prayer? What is the Sierra prayer? Nobody knows, girl. Nobody knows. Everyone asks the child what she prays for. for She She needs to give it it up. The point is she believed it. Mm -hmm. And Beyonce is now talking about praying. Prayer works when you believe it. And when you're specific Girl, what you details. Want. Specify. Mm-hmm. Don't say, hey, God, make me rich. <laughs> no. You want to be very specific in your prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Preach. Well, that's, that's a perfect it. note to end our 18-part podcast with Jamila Jones. <laughs> this has been such a healing and insightful conversation interview you are awesome blessed woman and i want to tell you how much i admire and am inspired by you 
and your journey and your life story and just your aura and keep on shining bright. We need it. The world needs it. You have a destiny and continue to be you. God. Mm -hmm. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Oh, that's so powerful. I'm so appreciative that you brought me here to do this podcast. I really have gained so much from it. And as usual, you have no expectation of how something is going to go. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it exceeded my expectations. Your questions were brilliant and relatable and definitely powerful in a healing way. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You are all so awesome. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast. I have to say that it is extremely important that we get reviews and comments. It really helps us to get our content more refined and I find out what you guys like and what you would like to hear, as well as on a monetary level when ads are able to see that people are listening and what they have to say. It really helps us if we want to build our brand and take the podcast to the next level. So for all podcasts that you listen to, definitely make sure you like, subscribe, and review. I'm going to close this episode with one of my words. We discover our strength when we review our stories. Thank you.